if I were to tell you that um, there are many Gospels? There are many Gospels, right. And, and I don't even mean the Gospels in the Bible. But what, I, 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 and I just want to plant that seed because that's something I want you to continually think about. What if I were to tell you that like there are many Gospels, but there's one Gospel that saves? There's one gospel that saves, and just so we understand that when I say there are many gospels, I think sometimes it's easy um, to feel like, well, we have the right gospel. (laughs) And of course there are many gospels, it's everyone besides us, right? And I'm going to ask you to examine that. I want you to examine the gospel. I want you to think in your minds, what is the gospel? Because if we don't know the gospel, uh, believe me, here's one of the truths I'm learning. The gospel, I believe, determines the disciple I become. That's the truth. The the gospel, I believe, will determine the disciple I become. So if I don't know what the gospel of salvation is and the gospel of Jesus, then there can be a lot of things happen in my life. If my gospel is a gospel of being right then all that will matter to me in my life is that I'm right and I find others who are wrong if the gospel is just that God just wants me to get to a place where like I find him then I'm probably going to really have a hard time living the life out if the gospel is you know one of these things where where there's I don't really believe in transformation then I'm not going to be transformed. I'm going to conform to the gospel that I believe. And there's a handful of them, there's no doubt, in America, in our, in our country. But I really want you to think about is, do I know the gospel? Traditionally, uh, what we would say is, well, the gospel is God sent his son to earth and his son came to save us. And that's one very small part of the gospel. And we're starting to study this series of follow me. I want you to picture Jesus telling that to you and me. Like, hey, come on and follow me. All right. And he, what he does, every word out of his mouth is the gospel. Amen. Every word out of his mouth is fueled by the gospel. Every word out of his mouth has to do with the good news. Amen. But we've got to think, wow, the gospel didn't just begin when Jesus came to earth. The gospel began in what we know of in Genesis chapter 1. When it said God created and it was good. And he created an environment and a setting where, could you imagine living in a place where there was no thought of sin even? Like you were so unashamed with life that you could walk around naked. And it was like This is what Adam and Eve, this is what was happening in the garden was there wasn't shame. There was no need for vulnerability. There was no need for openness and honesty because there was everything was open and honest. Could you imagine how amazing that would be and that God created perfection, that there wasn't competitiveness, there wasn't like sin, there wasn't me hiding who I really am. There wasn't this stress of, does God love me or doesn't he love me and all of these things. It's just this, like this perfect environment. Amen. And that's where the gospel began, that God created 
and he created this, and it was good. But you know what else the gospel was? Is that we, in our human wisdom, we decided, I'm not going to trust you. I know you said not to do that, but I won't trust you. I'm going to take it. And part of the gospel is that God let us fall and to live with the consequences of that. Like to live, like that's good news that God let us live with the consequences of sin, the consequences of separation, the consequences of awkwardness, the consequences that we feel on a continual basis because of sin. That is good news that God said, I'm going to let you guys understand that and feel that. And all of us know what that that feels like. We all know what it feels like. And we all know what it means to try to make the outside look better than the inside. We all know the stress that that produces, okay? And then the gospel, we're already pretty far into the gospel already. See, we've it's not just Jesus came to earth, but then God said, listen, now I'm going to send my son. And here's what my son is going to say to the people. Have you had enough yet? Like, I want you to hear that. That's the message of Jesus. Like, I'm here, and he's looking around and going, have you had enough yet? Like, the way you do life, have you had enough? Have you had enough pain? Have you had enough separation? Have you had enough of that? Because if you do, I'm actually here for a second chance. Like, that's good news. Like, if we don't believe that God, the gospel of God is that, that we serve a God who doesn't forget. You know, that's hard. I I spoke with somebody just this week. When you're single, that's hard to remember. It's going, did God forget about me? (laughs) It depends on the gospel. Here's the thing is, if you believe in the gospel of Jesus, then you know he hasn't forgotten about you. Because we know that's happening, and we know that God said, I haven't forgotten my people down there. And even when they've messed up, here's Jesus. And Jesus is asking us, have you had enough yet? Because I'm here. I am right here. God sent me down here. And I want you to follow me, and I'm going to talk to you about that. And what's so interesting is what we've talked about is Matthew 4, 17, right? That one little verse. And, and I'm one of those guys, I like to take sections of the Bible. And then I'm thinking, hold on a minute. This one little verse is so important. We could take the whole section. But if me and you aren't living this part out, there really isn't any use to going into any of the other parts of the Bible. Matthew 4, 17, what is that? What does it say? Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. I don't know how many of you guys did. We talked on Wednesday. 30 minutes, 30 thoughts. Anybody have an experience about that that they'd like to share? I have one. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I listened to it. Like, um, I put it on my phone. Yeah. I, I, was, um, I thought, well, when I'm driving in the car, it's silent. And it gives yeah. me, like, some time to really think. Yeah. And so I thought, well, let me just think about them first, and then I'll write them down. So I, <laughs> I listened to it. I listened to it. And then what I started thinking, I, I thought, Keith. <laughs> what has happened to you? <laughs> no, I said to myself, I said, Keith, I can't read it like this. I got it. I was literally saying that to you. Without <laughs> I can't read it like this. I got to read it in context. And I, it was very difficult for me to do yeah. it, um, even though I know what that means. Yeah. And I've read it plenty of times. Sure. Um, 
to be able to draw out the true meaning of it, I had to, I just went back and listened to the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And I did listen to um, Matthew four seventeen about just that verse, mm-hmm. just to try to get my mind wrapped around it. Mm-hmm. But I just went back and just listened to the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> no, not at all. It actually, the beauty of it, it's not cheating at all. I'm glad you did that. That should be our instinct is let me get that. The instant, actually what it does, what makes it beautiful is it gives its context as well. So it does. I'm definitely not a guy who likes to pull out one verse or anything like that, but that does give its context as well. But yeah, going back and leading up to that, that's not cheating at all. Not at all. <laughs> Anybody else cheated? <laughs> Deb? <laughs> Did you copy off a of rich? Is that what happened? No, it was, we, we were doing it uh, together. Yeah. And uh, I actually set my timer. I Good. I for 30 minutes and we both started. And it's like I was just thinking and trying to write things one after another. And when I started, I thought, man, 30, what am I going to do for 30 minutes? Yeah. And at one point, Rich was like, uh, we got like five minutes left. I was like, I need more time. I only had yes. 15 minutes. Yeah. Uh, once I started thinking, it was like, I. I don't usually think this deeply on one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what's what's great about it is is we're not even digging into it to find more meaning. But my experience was at, at five minutes, I was like, "There's no way I can do thirty minutes." <laughs> at ten minutes, I'm like, "Wow, this." At fifteen, twenty, and twenty-five minutes is when I was really like, "It's like my heart softened." It's like my personal application happened. Like I got to get, I had to take 15 or 20 minutes just to get all the junk that I knew I'd heard before, like the right answers in church and get those all on the paper and then go, hold on a minute here. Now we're getting somewhere. And this is what Jesus is talking about. He comes in and he says, have you had enough? I mean, here's, here's actually what he's saying. If you go and read the Greek sentence right there, and it said Jesus began preaching. It actually says he came and proclaimed his reign. That's a little bit different than he just began preaching. Jesus actually came and said, no, I'm proclaiming my reign. And he said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. I'm proclaiming my reign. That's good news. Amen. That's fantastic news. And then he says, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. And there's just one singular thing for me and you to do about this. All right. This isn't about like, he's not saying like, write all of your sins down and I'll repent of all those. That's not what he's saying. There's one singular issue he's saying is, is is you have a king and I'm the new king. Repent because the kingdom of heaven is near. I'm proclaiming my reign. Jesus is saying this to each and every one of us and wants to hear that. He's saying, my reign is here now. Repent. Stop thinking about your king and follow this king. That's all that means. That's the singular lesson from that. That is the true context of it. Isn't the idea of going back and doing a sin study is not going back and doing a 2 Corinthians 7 study. It isn't anything. Remember the word repentance. What it means is change how you think about things. Amen. Like a true thought change. And we all have a king that we think about and think like and obey. And generally that king has the same name as we do. <laughs> right? It's Keith. Right. It's King Keith. And what I feel like what I have this huge capacity to justify everything I do as right. That's a false gospel. And maybe all of us are even at some point following that, which is Keith, 
The gospel is Jesus came to earth and he died for your sins. And whatever you do is right and godly. <laughs> Except that's not the gospel of Jesus. Yeah. That's not the gospel of Jesus. He says, no, listen, here's what I want you to do is I sent my son down and he died and he rose again. And so the gospel has to be about transformation. Because he's showing you that, hey, the gospel is that Jesus didn't stay dead. He transformed himself into, back into life. And so if our gospel doesn't believe that, then we can't possibly even get near what Jesus is saying, which is repent. Change how you think. Change how you think. You know, I mean, I want you to think about this. Is repentance isn't, this idea of repentance isn't go and do something to make God like you. That's not what this is. There's no way that that gospel has no power, which is now go do something good to make God like you. There is nothing we have done that will make God love us less. And there's nothing we can do to make him love us more. You didn't think about that. There's nothing anyone has ever done that would make Jesus love you less. And there's nothing you can do to make him love you more. All right, what does that do? Does that mean that I can just live however I want? No, that, that talks about motivation, meaning like me trying to make up for things is not what God is asking. Me trying to like work my way into him liking me is not what he's asking. He's saying, I love you to the most extensive point I can love you and that's good news. And without that gospel, we, become, we can become very rigid and works-based and very much about being right instead of being righteous. Amen. That's really vital. Repentance isn't just, let me go and make up for my sins. That was me growing up. Was Man, if you could have things, it was kind of like what Crystal brought up, is kind of that Catholic idea that I had growing up too, which was, okay, you did something wrong, now make up for it. Like, like if you didn't have a quiet time this morning, then you probably need to do three really good deeds. And you know what? Every, you, you know what I'm talking about. It's because you've had bad days and you're like, you actually can start to feel better, and I do too, when you do some good things and you're like, whew, man, I'm glad I'm past that. That's a false gospel. We got to change. That there is no passing the gospel on if we're not following. And, and you're going, oh, are you saying I'm not a Christian? I'm saying that, hey, as disciples and as students, we better keep learning the gospel of Jesus. All right. Or we're not going to be able to pass it on. And what we'll end up doing is passing on a gospel to somebody else who feels as burdened as we make ourselves. And so we've got to understand. And we're going to talk a lot about what the gospel is. And Jesus says, OK, repent. Turn, change the way you think and surrender to me as king. Not me, Keith, right? I mean, we understand that. Jesus as king, surrender, okay? And I was thinking as I've been going through this, um, I thought, you know what's interesting is, 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 is this is for me. This, this analogy made sense to me, so it will not make sense to anyone else in here, okay? Just a, a little caveat. We've been using that word a lot today, um, and I'll, I'll use it again. Uh, but anyway, um, I feel like all of us, like we're carrying like a big old satchel of like journals, books, like hardbound journals. And we've got like a bunch of them in our satchel. And one of my journals, it keeps track of wrongs. 
Like I keep a list in there. And every time I've been wrong, I write it down in there and I put this back in my bag. And then there's a, a journal, like a heavy, hardbound journal that's about what I want to do in life. And I write, and, and it's ongoing. And, and that, I carry that around with me. And then there's the idea of what I think the church should be like. And I write all of that in there and I put it in my satchel. And there are all these heavy books that I carry around and I reference those books because those books are the books of wisdom, right? And I reference those and I'm like, oh, hold on a minute. Remember, hold on, that's, I need to get out the book of wrongs. And you know, after years, that book gets really, really big. And what I think people should do and what I think the church should be and what I think all of these things. And I carry all of this stuff around and, and God is going, give those to me. And now I'm going to take your journal and, and I'm going to decide what stays and what goes. Like that journal of your life, Keith, hand it over to me. Like, and I picture myself, here's that journal of how I want my life to go, which is painless, which is no problems, everything easy, winning the lottery, all of that kind of stuff. And, and the king going, no, 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 no. You don't, no, you don't definitely get that one. You don't get that. Let me write, some, let me write something in there for you, how it's going to be. And, and me going, you, you win. Whatever you decide about that. And, and, and he's going, I'm just going, let me keep this book. Okay. And what's really great about it is I don't have to carry it around anymore. Amen. Right? And, and it doesn't mean that it's like, oh, Keith, you mean you aren't miraculously changed in like keeping this record of wrongs? I'm like, you know what? Now when I think of my king and keeping a record of wrongs, I think, hold on a minute. He has that book. And then I let him go, hold on a minute. You don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't get to keep that record of wrong. Yes, king. You're right, and I'm wrong. I don't see, that's not my book to keep anymore. You're keeping it, and you're telling me, no, 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 you can't keep that record anymore. My king is telling me, you might have wrote something in there, and I'm telling you, you can't keep that in there anymore. Amen. And what ends up happening is I wrestle because I want to keep it with me. I want to keep lugging it around and go, no, no, no. Let me go back in chapter 2 and chapter 3 and chapter 4 and all of these things. And God is going, hold on a minute. Didn't I say don't keep a record of wrongs? But if I refuse to submit, if I refuse to change the way I think to Jesus being king, then I'm going to keep all these with me. Right. And my life, and, and God, how come my life isn't going the way I've written it all out? And, but don't you know, God, that I spent money at Clemson University, and this is my major, and this is how it's supposed to be, and, and this is where I'm going, and I'm going in this direction, and I'm not inquiring of you. Then I'm going to get really hurt and, and really disillusioned when my life isn't what I want it to be. Or I'm going to go find a church that tells me my book is okay to keep. And Jesus is saying, listen, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. That's it. Is guys, surrender to Jesus. That's it. All of our thoughts, actions, attitudes, everything. I'll tell you a neat story about a guy named Ignatius. I love Ignatius. Ignatius was a mentor, a student of John the Apostle, probably. There's a number of things attributed to Ignatius that he wrote. Some of the most famous things are his prayers of surrender. And I will say this is I don't know if anything's helped me more in my prayer life than just getting down on my knees and praying a prayer, just surrendering. Here's what I'll share with you is my feeling is, is if that isn't a part of our daily life, 
I don't know how we can live this out. I really don't know that every day I have to get down and get my mind and heart and words to a place of going, God, take my memory, take my actions, take my attitude, take all of that stuff, and you get it. And just use me how you want me today. And however, whatever path you want me to go down, and however, whatever happens, whatever comes at me, I'm just like, okay, God, this is you. Now let me follow you. And there's one question in my mind throughout the day. What would my king have me do? That's Matthew 4, 17. Amen. So when I'm tempted to be like, okay, hey, you tempted to be critical, complaining, bad attitude, faithless, all of these things. I'm going, hold on a minute. Would my king ever tell me to be faithless? Would he ever say, listen, as your king, be faithless right now. He'd say circumstances aren't what you like, but here's what God loves about circumstances is they form us. And if our gospel is the gospel of Jesus, then we realize, you want to know what? There is no one that has the power to change us like this God. Like he's already shown us there's transformation in him. And so it's that idea of all of a sudden now it's just praying and connecting and meditating on the word of God. In a way, it's just like, God, transform my heart. Like, I just want to surrender to you and not to me. Does that make sense? Like, this is so vital. And, and, and I think that's, we've got to do it. And I don't know if it, like, getting on your knees matters. It changes things for me. Amen. Like, it really changes things when I am, like, on my face. Like, when I'm kneeled down, verbalizing this surrender. And you want to know what's funny is it changes my whole day. Like every thought that I have. And we're going, well, man, there's so much to being a disciple. Jesus started right here. He started right here. He didn't even go further. You want to know what Jesus is doing? Is even stimulating our curiosity. Like, oh, repent for the king. Like, why would I do that? I'm going to hang out with this guy. I want to find out what this is all about. Like the king, let's go. Come on, let's walk. Let's do this. Let's learn every single day. But without like surrender to the king, Anything else Jesus says after that becomes a moot point, becomes a works-based religion. Because we're not surrendering to the king, we're just like following him around, like trying to figure out the parts we're going to take and make ourselves look good. And he's saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. It's interesting because he calls us If the gospel was just about us being with him in heaven, we would go to heaven when we're saved. If that was truly the gospel, that all Jesus' gospel was about is us being saved, then once we were saved, he would take us immediately to God in heaven. Except he leaves us here because the here's the gospel that, think about this, is the gospel of Jesus where he says, as I've done to you, do to others. And the challenging thing about this is, do we have that same idea with other people? Meaning this idea of, you can't do anything that will make me love you less, and you can't do something more to make me love you more. Is that challenging to anyone? (laughs) Is, Is that challenging to anyone? That's the gospel of Jesus right there. And he's sending us out. And going, wow, if that's not happening in our lives. Now, here's the cool thing about this is Jesus' call 
is to me. Jesus' call is to Royce. Jesus' call is to Crystal. It's to me. And I read a really neat quote. And he says that what we do is we do a journey of we. The, the call is to me. And then he calls me to do a journey with we. Sometimes we get that backwards. Where we go, no, no, no. The call is for we. And I'm good already. But y'all need to get it straight. He said, no, 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 no. Listen, you know how you get a healthy church? When everyone decides to be a disciple. Amen. Here's the thing is, you can build the church and not get disciples. But you can't build disciples and not get the church. It's a really important principle. Amen. The call is to me, every one of us, and we're called to be in a journey of we. And it's the idea of there is nobody in my life that I'm impacting at all with the gospel of Jesus and how, it's, how he's worked in my life, and now I'm like, no, here, let me show you this, then we probably have believed a gospel that isn't the gospel of Jesus. Right. It's, it's, it's a gospel of our, our generation, a gospel of what God is about is you, and God is about you becoming the best you, and that's what God is all about is you and you and you. And he's going, well, yeah, I'm going to transform you, so you can impact others. That's why I left y'all down there. Amen. It's to proclaim the gospel. Amen. What's one of the greatest tools we can take? You guys probably saw the cards out there, the As For Me cards. You don't have to write on an As For Me card. If you need help with this, I would say go ahead and take one. There's no greater tool I feel that we can give any of us other than personal accountability. Okay? There's no way the church can make you do something. There's no way another person can make you do something. The gospel should make us do something. I mean, we should be so enamored by the gospel of Jesus. We're going, what now? Like, I want to follow you. Like, you're my king. I want to follow you. I want to learn more about what you're talking about. But without personal accountability, it just won't happen. We're going to be subjected to a life of boredom in Christianity yeah. <laughs> and a life of critical nature, of, of just criticism yeah. and a life of all, just it's, it's painful instead of going, hold on, man, as for me, this is what God is telling me. Man, I studied the Bible out and this is what he's telling me. And this is how he's telling me to do it. And it requires me every single day and at the end of the day, what I'm learning to do is examine my day and figure out like, okay, hey, now, now, how do I need to adjust this tomorrow to follow Jesus? Amen. What is he saying? What is he saying? Because there's a side of it for me as I think about it and I hear this over and over and over again is I get my tendency is to have circumstances happen and become faithless and kind of mopey. And, and here's what, as I study, and I, I'm studying repent for the kingdom of heaven is near, I've learned two things. Number one, I'm addicted to how I think. I'm truly addicted to my thought process. Like I require an intervention from Jesus to intervene and go, hold up, dude, Keith, stop. Like do it the way I'm telling you to do it. All right. And then it's the idea of stop looking at everything faithlessly. Stop looking at everything like it's like you've done something wrong or whatever. It's just like, hey, when things happen, they just happen sometimes. Yeah. And what I'm hearing is be faithful. 
And my response has to be, because you're my king, I will. Because this is good news. I've got to remind myself daily of the gospel, of the entire gospel from the creation. God, you created everything good. And you came back and you said, Keith, are you tired yet of your way? Tired of it yet? Because here I am, follow me. And I'm going to give you the chance to live a full life on earth and to be with me in heaven. But you've got to help others too. It, having a meltdown. Is that, is that the kids' room? All right. <laughs> kids are fine, I'm sure. You know, until we hear the fire alarm, we don't do anything. The gospel, I believe, determines the disciple I become. Examine, what does that make me do? Reverse engineer a little bit. I'm going, where am I right now spiritually? Am I faithless? Am I cynical? Am I, am I angry? <laughs> you know, where am I? And going, hold on a minute. That's directly related to the gospel that I'm believing inside. Amen. And I need to get reacquainted with the gospel and then surrender. Amen. Man, if you need to go and read some things on Ignatius, don't follow him completely. Don't like just start saying his own prayers. But you get the spirit, man, of Ignatius. And it's that idea of just surrender every day of surrender in prayer. Man, I'll tell you what, that's to help me more than man, I can't even tell you how much that's helped me. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is near.